The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Sharpen your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome once again, O oh ye jubilant masses, to another edition of the Star Seminar. Gather round and ye shall be instructed by two of the most preeminent cowboysologists, the legendary scholar, Dr. Danny Phantom, and his trusty sidekick, yours truly, Dr. Rabble Rouser. Dr. Phantom, how are you today? I am doing great. I am excited for us to watch this uh, final uh, regular season game uh, that is upon us. Uh, pretty low stressed about it, uh, but I will say... Mm, that's good to hear. I'm already thinking ahead, and I am a, I'm a little stressed about one thing, Rabs, and I actually want to get your advice on this because i know that you know you're you have greater wisdom than than i have and (laughs) well with with age comes wisdom so if that's the case then yes i feel like i'm just on a delay a little bit like i i I get i get to that point you know eventually um and maybe you can help me with this because i know we're a little bit different in this department um as far as our um anxiety level when it comes to watching the cowboys game so here's the scenario um my granddaughter's first birthday is a week from saturday and so there is a roughly 50 50 chance that it could happen when the cowboys are playing and i am already accepting the fact that i am going to miss that birthday if they're playing because i cannot i cannot miss a game i mean we talked i think you uh, talked we talked about the the halloween that i thought i was gonna miss or Missed the mm-hmm. game for that, but then when it got close, couldn't do it. Um, I mean, this is a playoff game too, Rab. So it's, I know, I mean, my wife's already kind of given me a little bit of a hard time about it, um, but she also knows who I am and, and she's come to expect this. I think she just likes to give me a hard time in general, uh, but. Rightly so. Right, right. So far, so far, so good. I mean, so am I, am I out of line here, Rabs? I mean, how do you do it? How do you manage to? I, I mean, I know it's the first birthday. She's not going to remember anything. 
There will be pitching. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't start making excuses like that, buddy. Okay, so here's the thing. You're right. Your wife is 100% in the right. So I'll, I'll remind you, if you don't remember this, I'll remind everybody of a story from the Cowboys' first Super Bowl win way back in the early 70s. And the great running back who led that playoff run, Dwayne Thomas. Dwayne Thomas was a really, really bright guy. And someone asked him about the greatest game of the year or something like that. And he's like, if it's so great, why do they play it every year? And 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 I think that did a did something to keep the thing in perspective the nfl wants us to obsess about everything on a week-to-week basis and the reality is like almost none of the weeks matter almost none of the games matter at the you know the playoff games do matter but they you know they're going to play them again next year you know i so i think that um the longer i've been a fan the more i have perspective about that I, i as you know and we talked about off air i was not able um, to watch and then and ultimately to prepare for not watching the game against the Dolphins the week before. Uh, I expected it to be on, on the TV at our Airbnb and uh, foolishly didn't check the TV setup until late and it didn't, didn't carry any regular channels. It was like a sort of cable-only internet TV type of thing. And I just didn't have time. And I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying holidays with my family. I'll watch it on NFL Plus later. And so that's what I did, and I, and I tried not to. I tried to shut down all the all the different, you know, uh, media streams that that come into my phone, et cetera, and just enjoy the time. And then later that night, after everyone went to sleep, I I went on NFL Plus and watched the game. It it I will really admit it's not the same as when you watch it live. It's not nearly as agonizing. It's not nearly as as jubilant. But you can watch the game. Um, so it's really just about perspective. Like I love the Cowboys. They don't love me. Like the thing about that is, Danny, your granddaughter loves you. Cowboys don't. You got to give your love where it is reciprocated. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying makes sense and everything. Um, I uh, I struggle with it because I do love I love watching the Cowboys and the playoff atmosphere too. I mean, the whole the the it's a super important game. It's um. And I just, I, the way I look at it too, is you know what people will say, some people will say, this is a no-brainer. It's just a game. It's just people mm-hmm. will dummy down what football means to them. And, to, and that doesn't register with me because we're all passionate about different things. And there's a lot of us, and people listening to this podcast are included because these are diehard fans that That's right. are like every morsel of goodness from it. And if you're listening to us, you are insane. You, you you are some, <laughs> you have a you sickness. Something. You are something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, but I mean, and, and I honestly think if you're passionate about something and it's important to you, you know what? That's fine. That that's mm-hmm. that should be okay. And people should understand that about you. And and you know, I the last time I missed a game, and you probably know have heard me say that it's been almost twenty years, and it was when my daughter was in the was in the hospital, and you know there was we had a a family issue, and that now we have there that 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 without question wasn't uh, you know not no brainer but um you know this one's a little different i don't know so haven't made a decision but i'll tell you what i feel well, like I, I, i'll give you one more piece of advice have the confidence that after this game there will be another playoff game and you can watch that one also no oh, that's uh yeah that's that's something i, I suppose <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that might help um <laughs> Well, we do have a lot to talk about in terms of the playoffs, the Cowboys positioning the playoffs and what got them there, which was a crazy 
I, I thought actually excellent game, hard fought game between two very good teams that was close the whole way uh, and in many ways delivered everything we could have asked for. So I think we need to talk about that and also look forward to what that and some other divisional uh, happenings have led to. So we're go- we'll do all that. We'll talk about the Lions game and then we'll look forward to uh, the game against Washington and then maybe even what that, you know, what might, what might lie on the horizon behind that. But before we do, the Cowboys came within a hair's breadth of losing to the Lions, right? The interesting thing about the Cowboys-Lions series is that over the last 13 games before before uh, last week's affair, since 2003, the Cowboys were 10-3. and three. So the Cowboys have clearly dominated that yes, series. Have, yes. But weirdly, each of those games where they lost to the Lions has been absolutely gutting, right? So let me just review for everybody who doesn't recall all of them or has, has muddled them together because they're all nightmarish, and sometimes nightmares get confused. Mm-hmm. So the first one is 2006. Cowboys turned over four times. They were minus three turnover differential on the day. The defense could not stop John Kitna, of all people, and who actually then weirdly turned it around in 2007 and came back and beat the Lions to get to get revenge for the Cowboys uh, in Jason Garrett's, I think, second game. At any rate, uh, they completed a December to forget the Cowboys did. They went one and three on the month and in doing so handed the division to the hated Eagles after being eight and four and seemingly having it in hand after they beat the Giants at the end of November, beginning of December. Okay. So that's, that's one, two, 2011 during the first of the interminable Jason Garrett, eight and eight years, the, the Cowboys roar out to a 27, three lead. Des Bryant has two circus catches for touchdowns. And then in the second half, thanks to three Tony Romo interceptions, two of which were pick sixes, one oh, of them yeah. to, to the ignominy of it all by <laughs> Barbie Carpenter led to the Cowboys losing 34-30. Man. A horrible game that just, I mean, it had many people wanting to replace Romo. All of these then, sound terrible already. Another gutting, another gutting affair in 2013, the third of the eight and eight Jason Garrett years. Cowboys have a 27-17 lead after scoring with 6.45 remaining in the game, and they lost 31-30. That was the game, you may recall, where Megatron got 329 receiving yards, punctuating it by trucking Jeff Heath inside the five. So, uh, had they lost last weekend, where would that loss have fallen in this series of gutting losses to uh, a team that they have otherwise dominated in the last 20 or so years. So, oh man, I, I mean, I can, I can remember how I felt through each of these and I feel like the, I bet it wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, so in the moment feelings, it's, I mean, I think that the, the 2011 and the 2013, those collapses to me, mm-hmm. I mean, those were kicking the stomachs. Uh, but they're also in years that, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, we know it, we weren't going to mount anything. The defenses weren't very good. Um, we needed to win the, the finale uh, to get in the playoffs. So it, it wouldn't have been like one of the, like if we would have got the Detroit win, then we're in. Um, so that, it wouldn't have affected our playoff situation. So I'm going to rank those three and four. You can pick your own. Uh, between them, 
I'm going to say that even though the Cowboys still made it to the playoffs in 2006, uh, losing, you know, not missing out on the division, that, that's a big thing. And Roma was, I mean, he was sloppy in that game. I feel like I, I feel like I could still see him in the end zone doing some sort of like Keystone Cops sort of thing. It was, it was, mm-hmm. which, which at the time we didn't realize that might, that was sort of his thing. And, um, but, uh, he giveth and he taketh away. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that one kind of hurt because we all know what happened in Seattle, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the wild card. But Rabs, honestly, I don't know that there could be a more, uh, just a, a more gut wrenching loss than what we almost experienced on Saturday because. I mean, there are so many moments there where the Cowboys had opportunities and then boom, it's, it's gone. You look, I mean, you talked about it, it's a very close game. And to see basically the Cowboys had a chance to just run the clock out a couple different times, but they just couldn't do it. And they didn't really make the most out of the, out of the clock. And then we need, mm-hmm. we need yet one more stop by the defense. And then the defense who had been done doing a fantastic job, uh, you know, for a great majority of the game decided, we're just going to back off a little bit and, you know, make you do this, you know, five or six times. To, mm-hmm. And it's like they were, then they just got chunk plays. It's like, what is going on? And to see that happen and they take the lead and, and then they could have very easily loaned that there. And I, and, and the thing about that too is because of what happened the following day, this would, this would have been just, I would I would be able to cry. this I would feel as bad about this as I did earlier in the year in Philadelphia when we squandered one because I felt mm-hmm. like it it's just like you had the division and then you gave it away and so this ranks this would have ranked atop the list in my opinion. I think we're agreed that that would have been the most gutting. They escaped that, so let's let's drill down into that uh, narrow victory. We will talk about the, the the ending, but before we do, I think we need to talk about just sort of you know. Wh- what do we learn about the Cowboys? Where are they? How do we feel about this team? If, if, is anything changed? So let's start by just, I'd love to hear your impressions about, let's start with the offense. Then we'll go to the defense. Then we can talk about what it all means. What, what are your thoughts about the offensive performance, both versus the lions, but also what it means about where they are right now as we head into the playoffs. Yeah. I, I mean, and just to, to re, kind of take a step back too is, this loss that we didn't get against Lions, and we talk about how how horrible it would have felt, it shouldn't change the fact of you know still what happened. I mean, ninety nine point five percent of it, it all still existed. So there's still all of that that makes us feel that way too. So um, I guess that's a way for me to start by saying I'm still have some concerns about this team's ability to get up and get going. And then consistently play well in this not, and then not have things just collapse on them. And I feel like we're just seeing, we're seeing more evidence of, you know, the second week in a row we've gotten down to the goal line and we've squandered the ball away. And and, and you you can't really point to like, if they had this or that. It's almost just, you know, for the lack of a better word, just bad luck. I don't you don't even know what else to, how else to to describe it. Um, mm-hmm. So. I feel like the Cowboys sometimes just they're their own detriment and it's, it's, it's suffering for us. Uh, offensively to me, I feel like this team only can do so much. I feel like th- things need to really be working 
right for this for the cowboys to operate. I mean, and, and that means they need to have adequate prote- protection. Uh, Dak needs to be in rhythm, and it's got to probably be C.D. Lamb. I mean, there's not. I mean, Brandon Cooks had some nice plays. That's nice to see. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Cowboys just they just don't have much it, 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 between Lamb, uh, Cooks, and Ferguson. Th- that's it. They're, they don't really have, they don't have anything else. The running game is completely disappeared. We we're not able to block. It's it's the offensive line is getting pushed back. The tight ends aren't able to handle the the defenders coming in from the edge and they're getting through the creases and getting to the backfield uh, people are just missing blocks and i feel like the buffalo game remember when defenders were kind of creeping up and then they would like the run blitz people they're they're yep. like it's almost like we've seen that and we know and th- we're seeing more of that and the cowboys aren't able to pick those things up i feel like there's just a lot out there offensively that we're just not doing very well and it's almost like Let's just hope that Dak and and CD, you know, are in are in their bag and everything, they can do it. And, and Prescott a lot of times still has to break pocket and run and make plays, and like he did for that you know ninety two yarder that was off of scrambles. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is not sustainable. This is not a a way you can have an efficient offense. And Cowboys, I mean, we haven't got past twenty points in three straight games, and this is concerning because this is supposed to be. I mean, this this is a talented offense, and I don't know what's wrong. I just it it, it won't be enough. Rabs come playoff time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the things that you said uh, I agree with one hundred percent. I think that we need to sort of put a, a, an underline under the fact that Dak and CD are in their bag. They're unbelievable together. You know, they're better than they've ever been. Uh, I think that they they were as good against Detroit as they've been against any team this year. Incredible. Obviously, the majority of CD's yardage came on that 92-yard play you referenced, but there were so many other times where they made great plays, and they're they're seeing everything with the same set of eyes, right? I do think that we need more from options two and three, as you were suggesting. Uh, that, That one play where he dropped the dropped it right in the bucket and Brandon Cooks caught it was just mm, such a yeah. beautiful, beautiful pass. I mean, people who say that he's not a great passer, they need to watch that play. I mean, that that there was a football-sized ring into which he dropped that thing. That was the only place it could go, and he put it right there. He, any any less, it would have been would, would have been knocked away, and any more, uh, Cooks wouldn't have had enough space before he was out of bounds. It was just mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. Such a great pass. Um, but we're not getting enough big plays from Cooks. We're not getting enough big plays from Ferguson. We're not getting much in the passing game from guys like Pollard, who are very – we've seen in the past. They're incredibly capable in the passing game. Something else has to happen. Frankly, I think the other thing we need to acknowledge here is that we look at things from the Cowboys' perspective. I think that we and many other people across the NFL landscape, we need to wake up to how good the Lions are. Mm-hmm. They're really really good and they have the most explosive offense in the league um, and they played their best game they put it all out there played their absolutely very best game and played incredibly well in defense as you said run blitzes they they, they had so many terrific run blitzes that absolutely obliterated uh, the Cowboys running game and put numbers where that didn't seem to be numbers when Dak went behind center. So the Cowboys are going to, have to solve this problem of run blitzes because in some ways Buffalo has shown the league the blueprint, right? As, and I think that, you know, we, we talked about, or, or I've heard people talk about how often the, the, the Lions blitz. They blitzed a lot. 
but they run blitz even more. They very high percentage. So they, they, Dan Campbell just said, I'm going for it. I'm going to be as aggressive as possible at every single turn. And he was. He lived by that all yep. game and died by it at the end. And we'll talk about that in a second. I think the thing that you talked about is something we've talked about several times this year, which is that unless they're getting light boxes because people are scared of the deep pass, they can't run the ball. And so this is what happens inside the 20, right? Things get tight. You're not worried about a deep pass inside the 20 because there isn't such a thing. And so uh, the Cowboys can't run unless the safeties are way back. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So uh, the Cowboys are going to have to find a way to generate more explosives in the passing game if they're ever going to have a balanced offense. Yeah, and I think that's probably what was frustrating too is there were so many first down runs. It's like I feel like they needed to get them on their heels a little bit before they can set up the running game. And I, I, I just felt like they're like, no, if, if we could just execute our blocks, we're going to be able to, to – to do this and where you're going to mm-hmm. run on first down and then we're going to, we're going to catch them, you know, over pursuing and then we'll get them or something. But they just, I mean, how many second and twelves did we have? It was so it was many, just, so many, especially in the first half, yeah. it was, they were behind the chains every possession. Yeah. It, it, every that possession. part was frustrating for me. And I just, I kind of feel like at this point in the season, we should have some better answers to some of those things. You're absolutely right. Detroit's defense played really well, and I mean, we can't we Incredible. can't overlook that. Um, but I thought that there was more meat on the bone in the passing game in their secondary. I think that I don't think they quite have the talent to match up to the to all the Cowboys players, and I thought the Cowboys didn't maximize that very well. And I mean, granted, what touchdown was taken away, but I do think that there's just times where I don't know. It it just it, it worries yeah. me a little bit. Yeah, it was, or it was given away. C.D. Lamb fumbled it through yeah. the end zone. I mean, it was a, it was the correct it was the correct call. That's the rule. It's a stupid rule, but that is the rule. And as soon as he fumbled it, I was like, oh, oh, that that's Detroit's ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I also think that listen, the the Cowboys didn't want to pass as much as as on first down because the truth of the matter is their their offensive line was getting whipped on the run, but their offensive line was also getting whipped on the pass. Dak, as you said, so many times. He would hit his back step, and he'd have to he'd have to put put the ball down and move in the pocket or break contain because their defensive line was whipping the Cowboys' offensive line. I think the Cowboys' offensive line is um, in a problematic state right now. They're not they're not sustaining blocks in the running game, and too many of them are having breakdowns too often in the passing game. It's not all of them at the same time, but there's all it takes is one guy to have a breakdown to to ruin the play in the passing game, and it's happening too often. I think that's why McCarthy. And the offensive brain trust is running the ball. I think they also want to make they want to try to toughen the team up going into December. That sort of meathead football uh, sort of uh, philosophy. But I really think that part of it is if your offensive line is getting beat, don't expose your quarterback to too many of those opportunities where you could get way behind the chains. I mean, yeah, first, second, and twelve sucks, but second, eighteen, second, and twenty-two is way worse. Second, and twenty-two when your quarterback just got drilled is worst of all. So I, I think I think that's part of it. And and we can argue all day about, okay, as a coach, do you want to coach aggressively like Dan Campbell and expose your guys to those kind of situations? Or do you want to coach a little more conservatively and try to protect your guys and get them to the playoffs like McCarthy? I I, I see the value in both in, in both uh and so I'm not gonna criticize either of them because I think that I I like both of them for different reasons. But listen, I'll tell you one thing I really liked last weekend. 
And that was the Cowboys defense. So let's just frame this first, right? We just talked about how good the, the, the Lions defense was. The Lions offense went into the, into the game, leading the league in explosive plays by a considerable margin. They and their offensive coordinator are elite. Like, they have an elite offense. I think this is the best game the Cowboys defense has played in maybe the last couple of years. They were incredible. Yeah. I know that I know they were frustrating at the end, but we but I mean they played so well uh over the course of the game, played so hard. And so I think we really need to give them some credit. So let's let's talk let's talk about the Cowboys defense. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I have a couple of things I want to share too, but um floor is yours. What were your thoughts about about the Cowboys defense? And if if you agree that it played well who were your guys who who like rose above and, and had awesome games? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, it, it was really fantastic. First off, I want to say, you know, we gave the Lions defense props for playing extremely well. But they're not a good defensive group. They're they're okay. They're not a yeah not yeah good, yeah. But they they played really well, and we know that the Lions offense. You know, we talked. You talked all about it last week. We know what Ben Johnson and what those guys are able able to do. They're mm-hmm. on paper, in all season, they have been great. I want to first say that. I thought that the Lions did themselves no favor with some of the the way they were executing their own blocks and and, and mm-hmm, the offensive mm-hmm. lines and 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 Sam Laporta who's had a really great rookie season, you know, he he missed on a lot of things. So, I will say that while I was super stoked that the Cowboys were getting all these tackles for losses and living in the Detroit's backfield, I do think there's some things that Detroit kind of helped us out there because of just the execution on their part. Um but that said, I mean the defense was fantastic, and, and the thing is, is you know, we after the Buffalo game, we're just kind of like, like, who, who are these guys? They, you know, they can be so bad. We know they can, they can be bad, but they were missing tackles. They were, they were taking bad angles. They were just getting washed out of things. They were just doing everything wrong. And then what you're we're seeing like on Saturday is this really physical group. And and when I say group, I, I my 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 eyes start to focus in on on those hybrids. The the middle guys and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, the guys we've been criticizing the guys recently, we've been right? Criticizing, yeah. And in, in particular, mm-hmm. two of the guys that, that I have criticized the most over the last five years. And I'm talking about uh, Donovan Wilson and Jordan Lewis. And, um, you know, and I made sure to give those guys props because those guys, they were magnificent. They were fantastic. And honestly, too, I mean, this is, I haven't seen Donovan Wilson play like 2022 Donovan Wilson. 
until until this game. I don't know what's yep. going on. Yep. You know, he's kind of been. I will say this: he hasn't been like um, Mike Nolan, Donovan Wilson, or like when the roller skate Donovan Wilson back then, <laughs> when everybody was just. So he hasn't been like really bad either. He's just kind of been forgettable. Just kind of like, well, you mm-hmm. already maybe mm-hmm. he'll miss a tackle there or something interesting. Uh, but he, but he hasn't been delivering those game-changing no, hits that he, that are his signature, and frankly, are the, are the reason he got that second contract. Precisely until Saturday, and, and yes, and he, and he showed up. And I'll tell you what, we saw second contract Donovan Wilson we, on Saturday, and we saw uh, worthy of keeping on the roster Jordan Lewis on uh, not only yep. on Saturday but on the week before and the week before. The guy has strung together, I want to say, about three games to where he's showing up multiple times. He's playing extremely physical. He's making great reads, and and we're seeing Jordan Lewis at the line of scrimmage, and that's not something usually we're seeing him chasing somebody down or or someone's mm-hmm. getting by mm-hmm. him in the secondary. We are seeing him at the line of scrimmage, sniffing things out, jumping routes, making ta- ta- you know making tackles. He, he's just been fantastic. So Lewis been great. Honestly, the defensive backs and the line hybrid linebackers, all those guys played really tough. They fought through things. Um, same thing, defensive line too. Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, we could talk. We could spend the whole show talking about how fantastic he is, and he was his normal, great self. Then Mike is fighting through mm-hmm. things. Uh, ever, uh, it was just a great job by by everybody. I mean, it was. I, I think I feel, I feel better about the defense because I don't think that they are phenomenal. I just think that they're good, and I I feel like they they're going to be good. I I, I don't have those same worries on the defensive side of the ball because I, I just trust those guys. There's so many, there's more of them that seem to be working where on the offensive side, it's like one little breakdown and you're in trouble or something. It just, that's right. Yeah. I think that. So as you, as I do, I'm sure you watch the, um, on, on the mothership, the sounds of the sideline video when it comes out every oh, yeah. week, it comes out every week after the win. Right. So, the sound of the sideline, they usually start with the guys in the offensive defensive huddles. It's usually like Demarcus Lawrence and Zach Martin who lead that, lead that. And, you know, they're like, we're not going to take our house, blah, blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but, but one of the things that Demarcus Lawrence was saying was these guys aren't going to run on us. And it made me feel like that was the message from the coaches all, all week. Right. So we talked about the varied and really, really strong running game that the that the Lions bring. And I really got a sense that the coaches challenged the defensive, especially the front seven, challenged their kind of manhood and said, they're not going to run on us. Because if they don't run on us, they're not going to be as successful. That's true. Everything's predicated on the run. And their running game is incredible. They lead the league in, in explosive runs. They have so many different ways they can hurt you on the run. And the Cowboys absolutely shut that run down. I mean, yeah, the, the Lions got theirs. But, I mean, for the most part, as you said, they lived in the backfield. This was by far their most impressive run defense performance in probably two or three years. It was incredible. Yeah, and especially given the level of opponent. So what that means to me is that the game against Buffalo, where it made us question whether this defense is even good, I think increasingly looks like the anomaly. I think they were just tired. They were worn out. They've been playing a lot. They just took, they kind of took a week off. It happens and they got whipped. And I think that, you know, they, they, they've kind of gathered and, if if the defense we saw against the Lions, and I suspect it is, is going to be their playoff defense where they're playing at maximum capacity, I think the defense, as you've suggested, is going to be just fine. 
and yeah, the, the the guys that the guys that you that you called out are absolutely the guys that I would call out. Odigi Zua was great, and uh, I mean the defensive line was just incredible. But but my God, was Demarcus Lawrence incredible? He was so so good. Um, do you do you have anything to say that hasn't already been said about the very end of the game? Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, I, to me, I, I was kind of just in shock. When it was all happening, I like I, I knew. I tell you what, that ten seconds after the after the tackle eligible was caught, I think I think I felt like about ten hours for all of us. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of I, I really felt sick already to where like I didn't even care. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. even care what they called. Like I just I was like, is this really is this really how the Cowboys are going to finish this game? Um, so I when they and then when they um caught, had called the flag and I I mean I wasn't even like relieved i mean i should be because of what it means playoff implication wise but i still felt that same sickness it didn't change anything about what i just witnessed i don't have any problem with like i don't think the cowboys were gifted anything we we all know the rules we know we've heard so many takes on it we know what detroit tried to do and we know it didn't happen i mean i i certainly don't expect my team to be randomly covering tackles you know, without per, without call. especially when they've announced that the other guy's eligible. Yeah, so, they, I mean, I, Jordan Lewis said it after the game. He said, "If, if they had announced this dude was eligible, we would have covered him." Yeah, I, I yeah, exactly. And to, to me, I, I was just angry. I was angry because the defense played a great game and then had a collapse. I was angry because the offense should have put it away uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, too, if they would have converted, I don't even. I'm not even sure that we still don't win that game because we got Brandon Aubrey, you know, and. Uh, Yep. Up being, yep. So uh, it could have even ended up being a, a wilder finish. But, I mean, I, as far as what happened at the end, I'm just – I don't really have any more thoughts on it. It's, it's the whole the, – yep. the first, you know, 59 minutes or whatever were just exhausting for me. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a great back-and-forth battle. It, it, absolutely draining. By the end, I'm, not, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure I had much in my uh, reserves, you know, to really, like, get super fired up about – I will say that, and this has been said many times, so it's not it's not a new thought. Um, the game should have been put put away when the referees blew the tripping call. I mean, it was just a, such yeah. a bizarre call. Um, so we can talk about you know coaching decisions and things like that that were made, but in some ways, toward the end, like all the questionable calls were made by coaches who just sort of said, you know what, I've got I've got you know, big balls right now. And I'm going to go for the win. Yeah. And I can't fault. I can't fault any, either of those decisions. I really, I really, I, I can't fault. Mac- I'm not going to fault McCarthy for his play calling saying, no, the heck with that. We're going to win the I, game. Let's go win I the wanna, game. I want to mention too, because I'm, you know, McCarthy's biggest critic too. And, um, you know, it was frustrating to see what happened. And, you know, at the time, you know, it's your, your emotions are going, but when you take a close look at everything and you just like actually think about what's going on here, I actually was happy with, McCarthy, I don't for the fact that he didn't want to give Detroit's offense the ball again. I don't have any problems mm-hmm. with it, throwing the ball on on first down. I mean, she would have done that soon earlier in the game. Uh, right, but right. I, it, I think just what bothered me most about that little stretch there is some of the decisions that were made, and this probably just falls on Prescott himself. Uh, but like, where are the the shorter plays? Because if you don't if you don't make the first down, if you don't get a big chunk, then at least get to keep the clock going and. There was yeah. a couple instances where they kind of Eli Manning it, where that's like, yeah, let's just wait, you know, and just so so really the Lions shouldn't have even had a chance. I, so it was just like, no, they shouldn't have. It should, it should have been a ten point game at the end, and the Lions had yeah. 
had the ball and, and they could have scored, but it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't fault McCart- McCarthy for his decision to try to get the first down, put the game away, and rather than just try to run it three straight mm-hmm. times and see what happens. Uh, so I definitely I agree with him there. It's just the actual choices of the plays and and what actually they executed. I was disappointed in. And I think as you as you've rightly said, it's it's hard to say. There's so many people who factor into that decision. We can't pin it on the coach. We can't pin it on the offensive, you know, the play caller. We can't put it, we can't pin it on the quarterback. It's all, there's so many people who are seeing so many things before that play happens that um, it's a sort of collective thing. And it's always, you know, listen, that, that play where he threw to, he threw to Brandon Cooks in the end zone. We're like, Oh, that's terrible. If he had completed it, we would have been like, that's awesome. He's so ballsy. It's the best play ever. Cowboys win. You know? So, I mean, you know, the benefit of hindsight is uh, is something that fans take advantage of all too often. I really also, I'll say one last thing, and then we need to move on to, to looking forward to next week's game, which is that how appropriate on the day that Jimmy Johnson was inducted into the Ring of Honor, two coaches went out there with big brass yes. balls and went for it because that's what Jimmy Johnson would have done. So to honor him, they both said, we're going to be as aggressive as possible, as many times as possible, F yep. it. And they did. And that was awesome. Both of them were saying, we will win the game. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Put it in three-inch yeah. headlines, baby. Uh, but listen, we have to look forward to a, a much less interesting opponent. Um, uh, but it's a huge game because uh, if the Cowboys win, um, they're going to be able to uh, to uh, now not only clinch the NFC East, but also – um, secure the second seed, which would guarantee them if they win the first round, two home playoff games. We talked a little bit about that possibility last week. I don't think we really believed in it, but guess what? The Eagles lost to the Cardinals in what was an absolutely delightful affair. So um, let's talk about this. T- tell me, tell me what you were thinking about in terms of uh, you know the Eagles' loss, uh, in terms of the Cowboys suddenly finding themselves. Uh, in the two seed, et cetera. Uh, you know what? As bad as I felt, really, with the the way the game ended in Detroit, even though they won, um, I couldn't replace how I felt the following day when the, the so good. Eagles. And not only did they they lose the game, but they, I mean they were up a couple scores. They squandered a yeah, huge halftime lead. It was just lead. a total collapse. It's you know I, I I feel like we just we felt like this was going to come. But we just didn't know when, and, and, and maybe if we, we might have our luck ran out with a couple of the times they snuck past Kansas City, and then and then Buffalo, and then we couldn't get take care of business against some of those. So I, I like maybe our luck's running out. But I just I know these three teams, even or two teams, three times with the Giants twice and Arizona. I, I knew that there was a chance, and I thought maybe they their chance was the fall, previous week against the Giants. They almost had them. Uh, Almost. But look at that. Good old Arizona shows up and and uh, d- delivers us a gift. And I tell you what, it's it's a great gift for us because I, I mean, we've been talking about this quite a bit over the last month because we got an early jump on it. The two seed or even the three seed, you know, uh, at the time is so much better. I, it's it's you know you, I think you're just you, we all want to avoid San Francisco. We talked how great they are. Mm-hmm. If you can somehow postpone that and give this Cowboys team a chance you know not 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 just to win 12 games three times in a row but actually to finally get past the divisional mm-hmm. round take a step forward something you know and i mean who knows and maybe the, the niners game is a free roll it just feels like that if we get to the nfc championship i don't know but it felt it felt like that was really difficult trying to do that from the five 
now that we're working in a different position, it just changes everything. And I, just, I, I feel a lot better. I, I feel more excited about um, the Cowboys' chances to, to go further, you know, by, by now having possibly the number two seed. That's right. I think that I believe you might have even put this on on uh, Twitter, which was uh, the sort of Denny Green press conference in which he said they are who we thought they were. Right. Um, and I think that that's true of the Eagles, like the Eagles are who we who we and the analytics have suggested they were all along. At the beginning of the year, I saw I said I thought they were going to be a nine and eight team. I think they are a nine and eight team that overachieved by squeaking out a couple of victories by having uh, a, an all too good record in close games, but they're not a great team at all by any stretch of the imagination. And there's been a course correction and it's been a pretty severe course correction. And Oh boy, are they melting down in Philadelphia as a result? And uh, it has been an absolute delight. Um, speaking of delights, I'd like to know a little bit more about, what the Cowboys need to do to uh, enjoy a delightful week 18. And I think there's probably no better way to do that than by introducing us to Phantoms five. How are they going to win this game and clinch the NFC East in the second seed? My friend. It's time for the Phantom five. Do it slowly. Do it again. It's time for the Phantom five. What's the first item? I'm going to make this quick. Because you know, I want to get through this. You know, this it's, it's it's Washington. You know, they they don't deserve a lot of our attention here. They don't deserve our time or our respect. So I'm going to go through this real quick. The first one <laughs> I just call um, it's 18 for 18, and the reason for this it's week 18, and I'm expecting a big game from number 18, or a bigger than normal game for 18. Uh, it's been a rough go for Michael Gallup. We know he's only has 34 catches for 418 yards. I mean, he's on. Pace to have a career low season, and, and he's he's played in all sixteen games this year. It's just it's been very disappointing for Gallup. Um, he didn't even get a target last week. I, I think Rabs. I think it's safe to say that Gallup's time in Dallas is, is coming to an end. And, it sure and, looks and like looked, it. Yeah, it does. So Washington does have the second worst pass defense. Uh, this is one of those games where the Cowboys should just be able to have their way through the air. Uh, look for the st- stars to shine early, but then some of the other guys involved late, and uh, wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Tolbert had his best game of the year, his career high game of the year. Hey, speaking of predicting career high games, just want to say, I believe, uh, I believe a certain receiver had 200 yards uh, last last week. So hey, fair if, enough. If, if, fair if enough. I can do it, then I, you know I'm going to do it again. This will be this will be Tolbert's uh, career high game. I love it. What's number two? So this one's called the run right game. And last week I talked about the Lions mm-hmm. being a good get right game for Dak and the offense. You know. And and then they were, you know, they finally broke the 300 yard mark for the first time in a while. Uh, this week, I feel like they can do some stuff on the ground. Uh, the Commanders allow 4.5 yards per attempt, which is 23rd in the league. Uh, Pollard only needs 65 yards to reach back-to-back 1,000 yard seasons. Uh, the last time we played Washington, actually, he ran for 6.1 yards per carry, his highest efficiency of the year. Uh, so look, the Washington—they're they're bad against the pass, but they're they're also bad against the run. So the Cowboys need to get some wins in the trenches in this one and, and to get some positive steps in their putrid, I mean putrid rushing attack. I would love to see that little playoff tune-up. Uh, how about number three? So speaking of tune-up, uh, something else that's been missing a little bit lately uh, is the Cowboys pass rush. Um, this one's called pass, yes. pass rush revived. Uh, the Cowboys have gone five games now 
without multiple sacks. That just sounds crazy to think about when you talk about how this great Cowboys defensive line. But you have to go all the way back to Thanksgiving to find a game with multiple sacks. Um, and that happened to be a game against the Commanders. Uh, that's because Washington has allowed 61 sacks this season. They are fifth worst in the league. I think with poor pass protection and a likely favorable game script, this could be a big sack game for the Cowboys. Look for Micah to eat. Look for Dorrance to eat. And look for a big game from Sam I Slam Williams. Ooh, that would be another playoff tune-up. I'd love to see that. What's next? So this one is the perfect season. It's been 16 games, Rabs. It started off with the Shankopotamus on an extra point after the blocked field goal. <laughs> you remember that? We were all wondering, like, what What are we going to be in for this year? But look at Yeah, yeah. We had visions of Brett yeah, Maher in the playoffs. Like, oh, Here we go. 16 games later, 35 straight field goals. Nine of those have been for 50-plus. That's just insane. I mean, Aubrey just needs to survive this last game to keep his streak perfect. Uh, hopefully the weather in Landover, Maryland isn't too bad, and we won't. Have, we don't want the wind. We don't want the wet. Just give us a clean game from pro bowler Brendan Aubrey so he can have a historic rookie season. I like it. And do you have one more for one us? More, one more real quick. Uh, this one I want to I want to I want to get in and get out because this one is don't pressure luck. Uh, this game should be a breezy one. We don't need a sweat here. No close games. Come on, just, just take care of business. Uh, not only do we want the Cowboys to play well heading into the playoffs, but we want love to see them rest some of the key starters in the second half. And uh, McCarthy has had a tendency to kind of overplay some of the starters. I don't want to see that. So let's just get in and handle our business. And just kind of have a breezy second half with Dax wearing the cap. I love it. I, and I would particularly love it if, if uh, one of the reasons they can do that is because the hated Eagles are also losing. So they know that they that they have sort of double security. That would be fantastic. So let's imagine that they take care of business and or the Eagles also lose, as is their style of late. Cowboys will get the second seed. And it looks like there's, I mean, there's six possible teams they could play, right? They could, they could theoretically play the Vikings or the Falcons or the Saints, but we're going to lump them together as, a, as, a, as an unlikely, because I think the, t- the three teams they're most likely to face off against are going to be the Packers, um, the uh, the Rams, and the Seahawks, right? So I'd like you to kind of rank the three playoff opponents you'd like to see from the one you'd most like to see them face off against uh, to the one you'd least like them to see against. A little power ranking of likely playoff opponents. Well, I'm going to say the the least likely team I want is an easy one for me, and, and it's the the Rams. And I kind of when I look, even though they destroyed the Rams earlier yeah, in the year, I'm not even thinking about that. This I think this is a different Rams team. And particularly because Kyron Williams wasn't in that game. And uh, the Rams have been really Mm -hmm. good since he's come back. Well, they've been really good all year when he's played, and especially since he's come back, you know, and the the rushing attacks there. And, of course, that's the one thing you don't really want to see. A a team that has a good rushing attack worries me. And I think that if you you start looking at those teams, I see the Rams obviously being stronger in that area too. I also try to look at quarterbacks too. And, I mean, Stafford is – you know, he's a Super Bowl winner. Um, he's a veteran quarterback. He, he's, he's not anybody that like super scares us, but when you start to look at like Geno Smith and you know Jordan Love, I mean, you start to think about which quarterback can be more of a problem. So I think there, all, there's a lot of elements that make the Rams the mm-hmm. most worrisome for me. The other two, 
I don't really know. I've kind of gone back and forth with. I kind of would like to see a rookie quarterback in, in the playoffs. I don't. I'm not very fearful of that. I, I think I would roll my mm-hmm. dice with Green Bay versus Pete Carroll might out, be able to out coach McCarthy or something. And Seattle does have. They've been doing these things this year where they play some teams well and they kind of sneak. Well, mm-hmm. they play less well. I mean, we we know what happened there already. And um, so I so I guess Green Bay would be the team I would like to face the most of those three, and the Rams being the least. I I feel like I'm not worried about any of these teams, frankly. I think the Cowboys will win by 20 against any of them, or can whether they will or not. But I think they can. But I would say that um, I agree. And I think that your your focus on Stafford is right because I think the if we think about okay, what's the what what's the the likeliest avenue to an upset? It's if a quarterback on the opposition plays out of his mind and reduces the advantage that the Cowboys have between Dak and that quarterback. And the guy who's most likely to do that, who has the most magical arm, who at his very upside can be the most terrifying, is yeah. Stafford. And he does have receiving weapons too, also. He sure does. He sure does. So let, so in some ways, what we're hoping for is a Rams victory over the 49ers this weekend so that they play themselves out of the seventh seed into the fifth or sixth seed, I guess, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I would not. I don't want them to slide. Or I guess the sixth seed. Yeah, I want yeah. them to stay put. And, and I think they can do that by, um, yeah, well, if they win, I think they do it. But uh, I'm mm-hmm. not sure at all the scenarios that they lose. But, yeah, I would love to see them um, stay in the sixth right now. Okay, great. Bring on, bring well, on the uh, that's we're still a week we're still a week away from that. We'll have plenty of time one week from today to talk about that. In the meantime, let's take care of business against the hated division rival Commanders. Yes. Hopefully, it will be a fun weekend for us and we can all relax. But that is all we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think. Anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you want to ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys hot topics, you know, things you're be you're looking for, who do you want to face first in, in the playoffs? You know, let us know. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at DannyFandom24. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. And we'll catch you. Take care of business, Cowboys. Take care of business.